Hey everyone, welcome back to Justice for All. Today's conversation is powerful. I have with me Angelia and Dwight Anderson from Treasure House of Hope. Angelia became a licensed drug and alcohol counselor after experiencing drug and alcohol addiction for over half of her life. She answered the calling back in 2000 and immediately became involved with women in transition from the same life problems she once experienced. Angelia has earned a bachelor's in human services and is a licensed substance abuse counselor. In 2008, she married Dwight and they both agreed that the Denver area lacked sufficient resources to help prevent homelessness and non-compliance with court mandates and drug and alcohol related treatment. And so they opened up the doors to their home to women and men to offer hope to the hopeless. Angelia believes strongly that changed lives begin when each and every one of us takes a personal responsibility for the mishaps and dysfunctions we contribute to our families, communities, and society as a whole. Today, as executive director, she oversees the daily operations of the Treasure House of Hope, an on-site training center that focuses on people who are desperate for change due to hopelessness in their lives. Welcome to the show, Angelia and Dwight. Awesome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. All right. So before we get started, I want to ask the question that I ask every single person on this podcast. Uh, When did you first know you wanted to pursue the work that you do? I knew in 2000 that this was my life. I knew that uh, I had a a calling to help uh, women that's coming out of domestic violence and uh, to give them an opportunity to uh, live a healthy, uh, wonderful life. And I wanted to be mm-hmm. a part of that. Yeah. Dwight? Well, as for me, um, mine started in 2001 and wanted just to help men out. Mm-hmm. And then as the journey went on, um, helping various groups, um, far as in the men's group, and then from there helping uh, teenage boys and led to uh, what we do now. Um, so what is Treasure House of Hope? Tell us about the work that you do, what the house is, both of the houses that, that you have. What What is Treasure House? Mm-hmm. Well, we have a men's home and we have a women's home. A women's home is a safe house for women. And these women come in from all different types of walks of life, mental health, uh, homelessness, uh, domestic violence, and uh, Treasure House of Hope is literally a caring, uh, loving uh, home, and they have an opportunity to live there. It costs them nothing to be there but a desire to want to change. It's free for one year. We do require a one-year commitment. So there's there's two there's two different houses. Can you explain what those are and what they mean and what they do? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, for the men's home, um, basically, um, that's the one that um, is not the the shelter home um, where that's not um, where for women. But um, what I mean is, is that the men's home is uh, where we get men from all different. A lot of times they come in with alcohol, and they, um, and when they come in, you know, it's basically they commit to one year, and so and then uh, as they commit to it. We turn around and help them 
to where they can become better in society. So in the men's home, it's a lot of it is is that they come from all from various parts, but um, it's a place where they can really learn how to do that one thing is start trusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about the women's home? Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar. It's a one-year uh, commitment, and they're given an opportunity to break out of a cycle of dysfunction, mm-hmm. um, brokenness, uh, trials, and uh, hurts that they've experienced in life, maybe as a child, trauma. Uh, they get an opportunity to get that foundation. We help them with uh, uh, getting connected with uh, mental health therapists. Uh, we resource that out of the Treasure House of Hope. Uh, we help them get uh, opportunity for a career development where it's sometimes in life they wanted to do something, but they didn't have the resources or they didn't have mm-hmm. the help t- to get to that place. And we have resources and we have uh, uh, the mindset to help them get to uh, a next level in their life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so this this whole housing program is so beautiful and it's so well built. Tell us a little bit about the story, the dream of Treasure House. I would say once you've lived in a home yourself, you look for an opportunity to be able to give people a safe, caring, and loving environment. And at Treasure House of Hope, They have that caring, loving home. Even if they leave and don't commit that year, they still can come back. And Mm -hmm. for us, I know for me, I come from dysfunction and brokenness. And it's one thing that I've always had a heart, uh, I always longed to have was a safe home, a caring home, a home without the cursing and without the screaming and the, uh, uh, the violence. And for me, that was like a seed that was planted inside me. What does that look like? Is there a thing, a place that can, you can have this kind of love? And so when we had an opportunity mm-hmm. to make our personal home, that home for hurting women or broken men, we did it. And God just guided us the, right, the, rest, of the, the rest of the way. He guided us the rest of the way to keep our doors open to give men and women that opportunity. As Angela put it, you know, I, I go back when I was younger. Um, and um, how this relates is um, when I was young, my mom used to bring people in from anywhere and, and she'll give them a room. And so, and then as I moved out on my own, I was doing the same thing. I would invite people I know met and said, hey, come over. You, you don't have to pay rent just to get yourself together. And then it led to that as we started to do the homes, I was doing the same thing that I'd seen as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's special. And, and it's, a, you know, having a place to have people come in mm-hmm. and that they're going through things, as Angelia was explaining, it, that just gives me joy, Will. We, we can do those things. Yeah, it makes a big difference when you can create an environment that is safe for people. It's safe for them if they're transitioning out of experiencing homelessness or they are 
you know, walking through addiction and it's a safe place for them to be, to be themselves, to grow, to grow in their faith or maybe even be introduced to faith. Yeah. Do you do that? I mean, I'm sure you do that a lot, but could you talk a little bit about that faith piece with people who are in your program? Yeah. Uh, I thank you for saying that because a lot of times when they come to us, they don't have a relationship with uh, uh, spirituality. And they begin to look around. They see the kindness. They see the, the how we interact with one another. And it's mm-hmm. like foreign to them. And they want that, you know. So a lot of times when they come to us, they don't even have a, a, a they don't have a relationship with uh, Christianity or spirituality. And for them to get that, it's huge. And we are strong believers in restoration. We love to see families be restored. Women back with their children or the father back with their son or their uh, family member. That's huge at Cherisher House of Hope. We really, really strongly encourage uh, healthy relationships. And even as you mentioned healthy relationships, and healthy relationships come through a family environment. Mm -hmm. A family environment where you sit down, you eat together, Mm -hmm. and then when there's things that's not, um, we discuss them. And so we always bring the groups together and we talk about it. And so help them feel that that's a family nature and their voice matters. So the program that Treasure House of Hope is, is different than transitional housing. Can you talk a little bit about that difference? You know, what makes Treasure House different than transitional housing? Well, for number one, when a person is broken, they're at the bottom They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're living homeless. They have mental health issues. And they're homeless. They don't have money for to come in and pay first month's rent or the rent for a deposit. So when they come to Treasure House of Hope, they come with one year committing, saying, I don't have to pay rent, but nevertheless, I have a desire to do something different. I have a desire to get my life back on the right track. I want to be in my mother's life. I want to be a mother. I want to be an aunt. So when they come to us, it's coming with nothing but getting so much. Because at Treasure House of Hope, it's not a transitional home. Transitional home would be the next step after you've completed your year. Now we want to try to connect you with uh, transitional living or get you into your own place or get you into a place. Uh, maybe two of you guys, two of the young ladies can be roommates, and we can help you with those kind of resources. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, there's different things that you do to be in the program. Yeah, they, it's not just a place where you can come and live and kind of figure it out on your own. What are those things? What are the things that folks who are going through your program do, you know, every week or maybe even every day, those mm-hmm. those things that they're mm-hmm. required to participate in when they are at Treasure House of Hope? Mm-hmm. Um, when they at Treasure House of Hope, you know, the, um, the first thing um, – we have um, what we call our daily schedule. 
and out of the daily schedule that starts out with prayer in the morning. And uh, from prayer, there's a, then you go through the devotion, then you go through your house chores, and then what we have that what supports the ministry, what we call uh, uh, the bread ministry. And then from there, once they come back, we have various people that come from the community and they want to help with give classes in the evening. Um, when our classes is Recovery in Christ, um, it's basically a, a class that talks about addiction and recovery from it. And then we have various people who come in and talk about business. And so that it gives them the idea that even after they get through with it, that they turn around, that they have other outs, outlets and resources that they can reach that can help them obtain their goals. And, you know, you asked us what is special about that in the last one from the last question and one thing that we really do is that we want to connect and we want to stay connected with you and so relationship is so matters so much because we want to see you succeed but more than that we want to be a part of your life mm-hmm. so you said something in there that we really should talk about the bread ministry dive into that what's the bread ministry what do you do mm-hmm. Uh, just like what Dwight said, the bread ministry is we actually go to a, a professional licensed kitchen called Mile High Commissary, and the participants, myself and Dwight, we all go to the kitchen and we break these little loaves of bread. Uh, they're little loaves of love because we just sing in that kitchen. We, we're praying. We're having such a good time. It's a, it's a Holy Ghost party when we go to the bread kitchen, and that bread is baked with such love and so much prayer around it that uh, it kept keep our doors open. We go to the community. We take the uh, bread. We might bake. 500, 600 loaves every Friday, and we take them out to the community to give the business owners and people an opportunity to partner with a great cause and to pay forward and be a part of something by planting a seed, uh, giving us $5, and we give them the gift of the bread. Also, I give them an opportunity to come out and join our volunteer ministry at the Bread Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I know. It's been it's been a huge blessing to me to come and volunteer and bake bread and just work and mm-hmm. sing and pray alongside of people who are in your program. It is transformational mm-hmm. for people, I think, on both sides, right? And that's a relationship. That's what you experience um, in relationship. So um, talking about housing um I believe we need more housing just in general in Colorado. I mean, probably all over the U.S. They're ex- experiencing the same need. Um, what do you think? Do we need more housing, more transitional housing, second step housing, housing programs like yourself? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. We are definitely in a crisis when it comes to housing. Uh, the cost of living is, as you know, the economics are are huge at this time. Um, and uh, transitional housing, I have a resource guide, and we have about 10 or 15 of those uh, transitional housing programs that we are in communication with as far as getting our people to a place where they can transition into. But nevertheless, it's still a need. 
it's not enough housing. And uh, one thing that we do not want to see happen is the participants come in, they do all this work on themselves in their life groups, uh, in relationship with other community believers, and then after a year or year and a half, they don't want to go back to an unhealthy environment. So we look forward for them going into a, a place where they can be whole and healthy and be able to pay for it, some of the things they got. But housing is a very crucial uh, piece in our journey, of our journey of transitioning the participants to housing. Mm -hmm. If it was me, I would like to have it everywhere so that we can help everybody out to give them the resources. And so, um, but it's, a, it's definitely a need and um, we got them. You can go all around, especially down in the inner city and you can see where you got these tent cities and stuff. And just imagine all the things that goes on in there. But if they had a safe environment to come to. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a list of housing programs that mm -hmm. you kind of work with. Do you have other nonprofits that you partner with or maybe other housing programs that you work with? <clears throat> yeah, we uh, we uh, house, uh, we work with uh, a lot of the uh, transitional housing. You know, I can name them, you know, the housing programs that we, that we work with, uh, transitional housing to try to get the participants the next level, you know, Mary's House of Hope, uh, Oxford House. Those are just a few of the people that we have uh, sent our participants to. And also, you know, we work with uh, uh, nonprofits, the Village Exchange. We, we work with them. Uh, we also work with Victory Outreach. Uh, we work with a host of uh, What's the one? New Beginnings Ministry. Um, it's a it's a lot of them that do some of the similar work that we do, but the same issue is transitional housing. And uh, we just would like to see more of that. We would like to open up a a nice hotel where we could transform uh, that hotel into permanent apartments for. Uh, our participants to have for living and just not just temporary but permanent it would you know be amazing to see that happen mm -hmm. yeah so as you know there are stigmas around everything <laughs> <laughs> what are the stigmas that you see around people experiencing homelessness um, or even like addiction even stigmas around housing what are the things that you're seeing one of the things that I see for, for the stigma is the stereotyping. We see a lot of, uh, <laughs> of uh, stereotyping, uh, thinking that the people are homeless because they want to be homeless. You have both. You have some want to be homeless, and you have those that don't want to be homeless. So around that stigma is a lot of, uh, of stereotyping, culture uh, development of you know, your culture or that's what you guys do, and that's not true. It's a, a community issue that we're having here. It's a city's problem. It's a, a community problem. Uh, 
when we see people hurting and we see families in there holding up signs, uh, we just need to dive in and find out what's behind the sign and what's that person's story. And I believe once you do that, then you can formulate if you can be a, a, a help or you can assess them or you can keep stereotyping or keep that stamina up. They're just lazy and don't want to work. You can't say that if you haven't pulled that person and gave them a job and say, here, you can do this every day, you can get paid, and this is where you can live. And so many times we've seen people holding signs. We've stopped. We've uh, asked them what's going on, what got them here. Do you need a place to stay? Well, what's next? Well, I don't have ID or I don't have any credentials. or It's so many other things. And that's the stigma that we see and hear a lot is the stereotyping because of they are holding a sign, but you don't know what's behind that sign. That's it's a good. human's life. That's it. You know, as you say that, you know, the stigma is just, it's just to be, a, I like to put it as a buffer. Mm. You know, you go in this direction, all I just want to do is just bump you so that if I can help you out, it might just put you back on that right. path. And so there's a lot of things out there, and Angela, you mentioned it well, and you can see it all the time, but it's always, what's the story behind the sign? What's the story behind that smile? Or what's the story mm -hmm. behind you're just sitting there and you're going through it? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's an interesting way of putting it. It's just that it's the story that we want to know. So in my previous work with transitional housing, we worked a lot with people who didn't have their driver's license or they didn't have a social security card. Do you see that too? Mm -hmm. Just about everyone that comes to us doesn't have any documentation as far as ID, driver license, social security cards, birth certificates. And you know, we get people from uh, all around from different states you see them here in Colorado, but they home, they came from Louisiana or Texas, or, and we have the hardest time trying to get those uh, documents. It's gotten better now because we have some resources that we've uh, reached out to, and they help us with the people that's out of state and getting their IDs and their documentation. But nevertheless, just about everybody coming through our home has that uh, uh, problem of not having uh, documentation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask a very obvious question <laughs> that you and I both know the answer to. Um, why is that? Why do people not have their driver's license? Why do they not have documentation, social security card, birth certificate, you know, fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they were stolen. A lot of times is the lifestyle that the person has chosen that got them into a on high-risk environment, and they haven't had an opportunity or they don't have the finances and they can't get those uh, documents again. Mm -hmm. And they need an advocate, and I love being an advocate. That's right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So looking to the future, moving forward, what are the hopes and the dreams for treasure house what's next what if you dream big what do you want to do next 
Well, for me, you heard me say earlier, I would love to have a property and have some permanent houses on that property, whether it's a hotel, and have it uh, transformed into permanent housing for participants and a mother and a daughter, a mother and a child, or a family unit can be in there, and they have opportunity to start over because the cost of living is so is so much right now. So I would love to see. That would be one of my dreams, to get a person into a permanent housing and they can move forward in their life with their family and live again and enjoy life on what is supposed to be here on earth. You know, just being able to give a person opportunity to do the same thing in their life. What they got, they can give it back to somebody else. That's one of the dreams I have for Treasure House of Hope. I think you hit it on the last part of it. My thing is, is always pay for it. You know, pay for it, um, the love, the same love I got. And, you know, just to open up a place uh, to where men and women can get their lives together, but then all of a sudden they come an instrument to pay for it that to someone else. So we're going to wrap up here. And I have one last question. What is one thing that you want people who are listening to know? Everyone can get involved and be the feet in the hand of Jesus in somebody's life. There are so many nonprofits. There are so many uh, opportunities to be a part of hope. And I'm just hoping, uh, as you're listening to this podcast, that you would hear the heart of uh, Dwight and I, that we just would hope that someone would listen to this podcast and want to get involved, would want to be a part of uh, joining an organization and move, uh, helping someone else's life uh, uh, come up out of homelessness to uh, hope. Well, thank you so much for sharing and taking the time to talk about something that I think is one of the most important works that we can do here on earth. Um, So thank you for your time. To learn more about Treasure House of Hope and how to get involved, visit treasurehouseofhope.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at SoutheastCC. Justice for All is a Southeast podcast.